Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Short-Term Show. Today, we have a very cool guest. So we have had tax professionals and CPAs and cost segregation people, all the tax-related people on the podcast before, but we have not had anyone who's truly in the bookkeeping space, which you can't even get to the tax preparing space without having your bookkeeping in order, which mine is not, I'm going to tell you right now. So (laughs) I'm really excited to talk about this guest. So today, or to talk to this guest, not about her, we have Jessica Lawrence. Jessica, do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, Jessica Lawrence, I am in real estate. So I invest in real estate properties. So I have a real estate business and then I have my bookkeeping business and I really focus on bookkeeping for real estate investors. So um, short-term rental owners, especially because there is just so much that is very particular when it comes to the financial management and books for real estate. So I've been you know, in the financial world for over a decade now um, in all various aspects of it, portfolio management, corporate finance. And, you know, the one thing that's always in common is you need to know your financial statements. So uh, excited to chat a little bit about that with you guys today. Um, you know, actually right now I'm I'm here down at one of my rental properties. So we're getting the uh, the bathroom put in. So if you guys hear a little bit of construction in the bath- background, that's why. Um, so yeah, excited to get started. Awesome. Well, totally cool. So first let's talk about how you got into real estate investing and then we'll talk about the real estate bookkeeping side of it. So how'd you get into real estate investing? Yeah. So I actually got into real estate investing a little bit accidentally. (laughs) Um, So I got out of school and, you know, I had a quantitative finance degree. So I knew I wanted to invest in a property. So I bought my first um, property right out of college. And it was this little condo in Arlington, Virginia. And, you know, I loved the property and I loved how close it was to the metro and everything. Um, And so I wound up getting into the real estate investing side of things because I went and lived in Brussels for a couple of years. So while I was gone, I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to landlord and rent this property out. And so that's really where my journey began is just, um, you know, while I was away, figuring out how to start off with long-term rentals and getting guests into that property and, you know, wound up having a good experience with it, you know, 100% occupancy while I was gone. And um, it just really opened my eyes to how wonderful it is to be able to build the equity and real estate. And from there, moved 
moved into the short-term rental space, other properties, um, you know, purchased different properties at this point, some in, some in uh, Tennessee, some in Florida. So um, yeah, kind of stumbled into it and just love the space. And so kept going. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about how you get into the short-term rental bookkeeping business. So tell us a little bit about your company and how you got into that. And then I've got some more bookkeeping questions for you. Yeah. So essentially, um, you know, I've, I've always been in this financial world in various aspects. So I've, um, you know, worked with really large high net worth individuals and also really small businesses. And, um, and so, you know, the common thread is always seeing where and when these companies and individuals are really profitable and how and why, and the connections that you can draw within those financial statements. And so one of the things that got me into creating my own business is, um, honestly, just seeing where there's a lot of really amazing small businesses that, um, you know, have wonderful services or wonderful products. And that financial management piece was just missing. And so when they would come to us for loans, you know, it would be trying to sort through all the financial statements, see what's going on and really helping with that piece of, Hey, how do we get this kind of straightened out to be able to help your company grow? And so for me, you know, I, I really focused on the real estate side, the short-term rental side with my business, because that's, you know, what I I'm doing with my, my real estate on the side. And I just wanted to be able to provide a resource to help people understand their finances, understand how to track their finances. And then it really doesn't have to be as complicated as it feels because I just, you know, being in the, the financial industry, I feel like there's a lot of jargon that's thrown around. There's a lot of, you know, different complex topics, but they don't really have to be that complicated. And so Really, I started because I wanted to help people understand <laughs> their finances so that they don't wind up having to come, you know, get a loan or go into bankruptcy, um, but can actually, you know, come get that loan for growth and be ahead of the game and be forecasting and understanding and really profiting. That's awesome because I think a lot of people really don't have a handle on their finances and they see money coming in every month and don't realize sometimes that they might actually be losing money just because the bank account isn't negative doesn't mean you're not spending more than you need to be. So I think that this is really important. And I think a lot of people kind of don't know when to start with a professional bookkeeper. So can you shed a little bit of light on that? Because I think a lot of people, when they want it, when they get started, when they buy that first property or the second one, they don't want to spend the money on something like that. So what advice do you have for those people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things, like if you are at that very beginning stage where you're like, hey, I don't have a lot of extra cash coming off at this point. You know, it's it's part of just the education experience, learning how to um, take a look at your financial statements, which financial statements are important, how to track it. I mean, the biggest thing that I would advise is, you know, getting into an accounting software. We have this amazing technology now. And so the the biggest thing that I'll see happen with especially new um, short-term rental owners or new real estate investors is they'll have all their finances in Excel, right? You kind of just grad, you know, gravitate towards Excel and you're trying to manage it there. But there's so many accounting softwares now that make this so much easier for you. 
And so even if you're not ready to hire a bookkeeper yet, you can still get in with a, an accounting software, um, you know, educate yourself. I have a course you can take to, to help you get started, but, but really just find the ways to start tracking things properly. Um, because like, it will make it so much easier for you in the long run and to really just help you start to understand, Hey, I'm operating this business now. I need to be looking at these finances. So, um, it really is the best way to introduce you into it without just trying to figure it all out on your own in Excel. (laughs) And I think that's what a lot of people do. They just have an Excel spreadsheet or some of them don't even have that. They just have a debit card and just go. So what are there some, I, I know a lot of people, myself included, when I first realized like, all right, I think I need some professional help here. QuickBooks just seemed like this huge beast to me (laughs) that I could not figure out. So I think that that maybe scares a lot of people out of doing it the right way from the get-go. So it helped me in my real estate sales business towards the beginning when I was trying to manage my um, income and expenses and all that with some other little like app, easier to use apps that I then worked my way up to needing and knowing how to use QuickBooks. So do you know, or do you have any like little stepping stone app recommendations to help people organize things before they just jump right into QuickBooks? Cause it's a lot to learn. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the way I think of it is when you're ready to like, to grow, to expand, you've got more than one property, you know, you're you're sending out 1099s cuz you got multiple contractors you're working with like you you need the whole package that's quickbooks right quickbooks is where you'll eventually have to be no matter what um if you grow enough but to get started one that i really like that's super easy to use is REI hub it's specifically for real estate investors it's just the accounting software side of things they make it really easy to follow especially because with real estate you know Oftentimes we have these different LLCs with different properties underneath it. And so it helps organize that in a really logical, simple way. Um, QuickBooks is a little bit more complicated. You have to get to a QuickBooks Plus account to really be managing multiple properties the right way. Um, But REI Hub is a good place to start uh, so that you're not just doing that like bank account management. (laughs) Um, But on the personal finance side, there's also other apps that I would recommend. Like I really believe in Empower is a great one just for you to get get a handle on like the concepts, right? Like because once you you understand like these are my personal finances, I need to know you know my cash flow, I need to know my net worth statement, I need to know my balance sheet, like, and I need to know what's happening with income and expenses. You can apply the exact same concepts from your personal finances to your business finances. And so the key there is really keeping track of those three things. So um, again, it's really your balance sheet, which shows everything that you own and everything that you owe, assets and liability and the equity in the business, having your profit and loss. So this is all your income coming in, money that's coming in, all the expenses that are going out. And then ideally you're left with a profit, (laughs) but you could also wind up with a net loss. And then your third one is your cash flow management. And this is the statement that is so often overlooked. Um, a lot of people will just try and manage their business, either doing that bank account financial management or just looking at their profit and loss. But the profit and loss, especially with real estate, 
doesn't reflect everything because when you have a loan, when you have a mortgage on real estate, you're actually paying off the principal to that loan, which is going to show up on your cash flow statement, but not on your profit and loss. Um, so it's really important to also understand what's going on with that cash flow. So, you know, really, I think on the personal finance side, get started with Empower Real Estate. If you're not ready for QuickBooks yet, REI Hub, or if you're like, I'm already ready to grow, expand, like QuickBooks is the place to be. Um, and, you know, that's that's where you'll be able to do the most, have the most reporting, um, ultimately, you know, the one that I recommend the most. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Cause I feel like you do have to kind of work your way up because a lot of people, when they first start, they're like, Oh, you know, I might only have one property. I'm not ready for something like that. Or the biggest one, I don't want to spend the money on something like that. And it's, it's such a mistake, I think, because you hear that about a lot of really important things that you need to be doing right from the beginning. So people Mm -hmm. not wanting to hire an attorney that wanting to use legal zoom or something to set up their LLCs and then, you know, maybe setting up their asset protection the wrong way. Same thing, same with a good CPA. A lot of times people want to start cheaper rather than correct because they Mm -hmm. don't know, you know, they don't want to spend the money yet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Do you have some? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I would add to that. Like I see so many people who come in and they're like, okay, you know, I've been trying to manage this on my own for the past two years and it just winds up costing so much more for me to do a cleanup on what you've attempted to do, um, over the past couple of years, than just to start from the beginning the right way, because we're, you know, then we're talking thousands of dollars of going back multiple years and you have to make sure everything's correct with the tax returns. So yeah, it's the exact same thing in the bookkeeping world where I'm like, it, it winds up costing more uh, to to kind of go back and fix everything than to just start off right in the beginning, get a little bit of that extra education and really track it the right way going forward. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And to you, is there a certain number of doors or amount of income that you think is kind of the the line of like, all right, this is for real time to get a real bookkeeper. This is not playing around in the minor leagues anymore time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, ideally, you know, once you're at at least a hundred thousand in gross revenue or more, that's a good time to really be getting some help with everything. You know, if you're like, uh, you know, I'm kind of under that number and I'm not making a ton of money yet. And, you know, you're able to also track, like, are you making a net profit or not? Um, it might be better for you to just start off really learning and trying to figure it out, um, how to, to track everything. But once you get in a hundred, 200,000, depending on how many houses, this is one of the areas I like to kind of highlight. It really doesn't matter how many properties you have at the end of the day. It matters how much profit you're keeping. <laughs> Um, you know, from those properties. So I like to to think in terms of that. And, um, you know, when you kind of hit those gross revenue numbers, usually you have enough flowing through um, to, to justify working with an expert, getting some real help, making sure you're really taking advantage of all those tax deductions, everything like that. Okay. Yeah. And I think that I was actually expecting it to be less, but I think that once you get to that hundred thousand, you can totally afford to hire the right professionals to make sure that you're doing everything right. Because again, it's often more expensive to go back and have someone who knows what they're doing, unwind what either you or someone else who didn't know what they were doing. In my case, it's usually me that didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, 
unwinding those mistakes to get to kind of right the ship. So that's, um, yeah. I think that's good number two. Well, and honestly, that's why I did create the course that I did because I was like, there's this gap, right? Before before you're really ready to, to hire someone on a monthly basis and you have enough income and you do have to figure it out. That's why I put it together. So I'm like, it, it can at least guide you to set it up the right way when you're kind of just starting out with that first property, still get some help that's affordable and is a one-time expense versus like that ongoing expense once you're really ready. So, um, you know, I do think that no matter what stage you're in, there is a way to get help with it, but, um, you know, <laughs> and until you're kind of a, a little bit higher in those numbers, I just want to make sure that we're, we're balancing where <laughs> all of the expenses are going. Totally. Well, along those same lines, what are some common mistakes that you see investors make with their own bookkeeping? Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, so the biggest one is setting up the chart of accounts wrong, to be honest, that is so important because your chart of accounts is essentially the categories that are going on each of your financial statements. So the chart of accounts includes all the categories for your balance sheet, your profit and loss statement, and your cash flow statement. And so what we want is we want that chart of accounts to really match ideally um, what you're going to be filing in taxes or to be providing information that you truly need in order to make a business decision. And so like often, you know, we're filing, we have, you know, single member LLCs that we're going to be filing through schedule E on our tax returns. And so you want those categories to align with your schedule E that you're ultimately going to be filing. And then any additional categories that you add in there to really be helping with like, okay, I I really need to know how much I'm spending in X category. So you can split it out for business decisions. I see where people will create either way too many categories or way too few, Um, especially, you know, like when it comes to multiple properties, I'll see a lot of um, everyone setting up like a line item, a category for every single property. And that's that's not really what we want to do. We want to have a nice consolidated financial statement with specific categories. And then we want to dive into the detail of each individual property. And we set that up in a different way. It's called like locations and it, um, and it gets a little bit more complicated. But the point is that your chart of accounts is the most important place to start. That's usually um, somewhere that's, that's a mess and, um, needs to be fixed. And then also the other big one that I see a lot is, um, you know, just categorizing your mortgage payment as an expense when that really needs to be split out. You have, you know, part of that going to interest, part of that is going towards, um, the principal on your loan and those go on two different places. So like the interest is going to be the mortgage interest that goes on your profit and loss statement. Whereas, Um, the principal from your mortgage is really going onto your balance sheet to pay off that loan. And then a lot of people will also have escrow included as well. And so that's also going to be going into an account on your balance sheet. So I don't see that split out um, the way it should be very often. And so that's another thing that we really want to make sure that we're um, splitting out properly. So let me stop there because I could (laughs) keep going. Those are a a couple of the common mistakes. (laughs) Okay, so common main common mistake is setting up your chart of accounts wrong. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I think that would be really easy to do. That's what the first thing I would do when organizing my books would be to look at it by property. But you're saying don't do it like that. 
Management Monday is proud to present this episode of The Short-Term Show. Management Monday is a weekly course that will teach you everything you need to know about managing a short-term rental from a distance. How to get more bookings, hire ADR, how to hire and fire vendors. Even if you don't want to manage it yourself, you need this course so you know how to manage your manager. Over 10,000 Superhosts started their career with Management Monday. And the best part is, it's free for short-term shop clients. Start your journey today at theshorttermshop.com. Theshorttermshop.com. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the content of our podcast, but you have additional short-term rental questions, we host a weekly live question session that you guys can join for free. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up. So not only am I the host of this show, but I also own and manage my own properties. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. So please join us anytime for a free weekly live Q&A on Zoom. Sign up at strquestions.com. We are going to still wind up creating our our financial statement so that we can see it by property, but it's the difference between having this like three-dimensional like account statement versus having every single line on the chart of accounts. And so like what I see happen is they'll be like, okay, you know, this one line for each property on the balance sheet. Whereas instead what we want is to be showing, okay, here's our land for that property. Here's, you know, the the value on the property. And then within that, we basically create this like three-dimensional chart of accounts where you can see every single individual property split out across the top. It makes reporting so much better. You're able to track things by property, run reports by properties. And it's it it's just the most common mistake when it comes as you're acquiring properties because you usually start on with QuickBooks with that the lowest plan and you don't have the ability to do that until you get to the QuickBooks Plus account. So, you know, really when you have multiple properties, you have to go with the QuickBooks Plus and then split them out. Um, we call it either by class or location. Okay. So I that was a lot. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It totally does. So that's the main mistake that you see people making. What are some things that people can do to really set themselves so selves, excuse me, set themselves up for success when it comes to making sure they're they're starting in the right place and heading in the right direction with their bookkeeping? Yeah, I mean getting the accounting software, making sure you're tracking all three financial statements, um and then, you know, setting up the chart of accounts correctly, but um, making sure that that matches your schedule E. So like pull up, you know, just do a quick search, which schedule E 2023, um, you know, and, and make sure that those all match and then, um, taking some training. So to, to figure out how to properly be categorizing things, where to, to actually be linking everything. Um, another common mistake is I'll see a lot of these manual expense entries, you could just link your bank accounts directly into QuickBooks, directly into these softwares, and it'll just pull these numbers in and you can easily then categorize things. So another place, oh, this is a big one too. You need, you have to treat this as a business. You have to separate your finances from your personal finances. So anything that you're doing within the business, which I'm calling the business for your properties, right? 
needs to have its own separate finances because that will make your life a million times easier. Number one, number two, you know, if, if anything ever happens later and you, you know, you set up this single member LLC to try and protect yourself, but if you're commingling funds and then you wind up in court, they're going to be like, well, you're not really treating it as separate. So we won't treat it as separate. And so you, you basically have null and voided any, um, you know, liability protection just by creating the account. So you need to have this separate business checking account, business credit card, you know, away from your personal finances. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be truly a business credit card. It just needs to be a separate one. It just needs to be one that is designated for your business finances. Because then when you do set up these accounting softwares, you have the one account directly linking, you know, it's all business. So you're not trying to filter through, oh, that was a personal expense. That was a business expense. It's easier for you to be able to just go down and say, okay, here's all the expenses. These are all the categories that they're going under. Um, And it just makes your life so much easier. So definitely, you know, to set yourself up for success, start with making sure you have those accounts set up completely separate from your personal finances and link them into your accounting software and then some training on how to actually categorize everything. Okay. So that makes sense. So now let's talk about, you've, we've talked about getting set up for success. So what are some tips that you have for successfully running a profitable short-term rental business? Yes. So once you get to the point where you're like, all right, I, I have financial statements. I understand what, what's coming in. You know, you're looking at them every month. That's what you want to be doing. You want to be looking at those three financial statements at least every month. The um, balance sheet, profit and loss, and your cash flow statement. Then what we want to do is really start forward looking, right? So up until that point, like financial statements are looking backwards. It's what's happened, what you've already spent, right? What you've already made. So going forward, you really want to see, okay, let's set a budget and a forecast and start doing some of this forward planning. So I say budget and forecast separately because really your budget is about looking at the previous expenses you had and saying, okay, what do I think those expenses are going to be for this upcoming month? Then you kind of budget. This is what I think they will be, right? And then your forecast is your best guess of what you think your income is going to be. So you're forecasting your income and you're budgeting on your expenses. Now, when you do this, and you're looking saying, this is what I think will happen next month, right? Then when next month rolls around, you can actually compare, hey, did I hit it or not? Is it different or not? And so to ensure that you wind up having that profitable month, you can really be careful about looking at each of those expenses, give yourself a base case and a worst case scenario um, so that you're planning on a lower income target and your expenses still under that then you're going to wind up with a profit. But if you're looking at your forecast and your budget and you already know that your expenses are going to be higher than what you think your forecasted income is going to be, you know, then it, we're looking at a net loss. So, so starting this forward planning, thinking about, hey, what do I think is going to happen next month? And especially if you're in an area that does have a cyclical market. So like, you know, my house is in the beach market, right? So planning for the fact that, it is a cyclical market. I'm not going to have the exact same income in the summer as I am in the winter. So we need to be thinking about that. We need to be planning for that, setting up a reserve for those down months. Like 
you know, we are investing. So we want to have that buffer to really make sure that we're going to be okay if something unexpected comes up because something unexpected always comes up. (laughs) Like there is, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but something will happen and it always does. And so you want to just have like a buffer for that. So really this forward looking and kind of planning and having a little bit of a reserve will really help set you up to have profitable months and succeed and have the longevity of your business. So you're not, you know, a couple years in going, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. And I think that's really good advice because you don't want to, you want to make sure that you're tracking things in real time and you're not off in the future one day being like, oh crap, I've, I'm not making the money that I thought I was. <laughs> well, and yeah, because also if you're like, oh, I had a great month, you know, and you're just looking backwards and you're in the summer and then all of a sudden you get to the winter and you're like, oh, I don't have anything to cover the mortgage. Like, you know, we we're in an industry that especially with real estate, you know, you have to cover certain expenses every month. So we need to be planning for that. Yeah. And that's a really big one too, especially in seasonal markets. So in our Facebook groups, we see this a lot, especially like in the Florida markets where the high season, and I mean, well, any coastal market where the high season is the summer. So South Florida, the high season is the winter, but up here where we are in the panhandle, it's the summer. And so we get to November and then everybody, not everybody, but we'll see a lot of people freaking out going, I have no bookings for November. I have no bookings for November. What do I do? And we're like, guys, it's mm-hmm. the slow season. You're not going to you're not going to get bookings. There's nothing to be done because you're not going to. People do not go to the beach in November. So yep. it's very important you not only remember that just in life, in investing, but <laughs> especially when it comes to your budget and paying attention to your books because you can't be spending money like crazy in the summer because you're making money like crazy in the summer. You need to keep that in the business because you are going to have an off season. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, because, you know, you, at least with my business too, not only do I have, you know, less income coming in in the winter, right? Because it's off season, but that's also when I restock. So I, I, you know, come down to the property and restock all of the inventory, you know, sheets, all of that stuff and, and do any repairs, maintenance. So you want to be thinking about that stuff too. If you have any like um, money set aside for those, that CapEx stuff that you're going to want to be doing um, just capital expenditures. So like any improvements, things like that. So planning for that, and then also setting some money aside for those taxes too, right? Um, is just so important, especially uh, in the real estate world. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I think my my last few questions revolve around um, helping investors overcome the fear of managing their money. So I, my husband and I were helping my mom with her short-term rental. She was here for the weekend for my daughter's piano recital. And we were helping her and, and it's like with her, she, she gets nervous and she thinks that if she doesn't look at her bank account, then it doesn't exist and nothing can really be going on with it. And she gets real nervous and like makes us look at it for her. So what's, (laughs) how, how can we overcome some of that fear? Cause I don't think that that's isolated just to her. Oh my gosh. No, it's definitely not. There are a lot of people that I have, uh, um, chatted with that feel the exact same way. Um, and it it's it really is just knowing that like hey if you understand how to do basic math like adding subtracting multiplying um 
you have the knowledge to be able to understand your finances. <laughs> you really can get in there and look at this. And that's where, you know, I I hate that the industry, the financial industry makes it feel so complicated with, with investing and all the, the stock market and all these terms. Because when it comes to your personal finances, you know, it is what it is, whether you look at it or not. This is the truth in your personal finances and your business finances. So not seeing what is going on is really only hurting you. Um, and it's okay to just like start very simple with saying, I'm just going to look at my bank account every week. I'm just going to look, you know, at it every month, like start somewhere, start looking at it. Like, you know, we have this fear of money, but it's really not the fear of money. It's the choices that we made with that money. So it's really confronting the behaviors that that spending created. Like, and so if you just know, Hey, it is what it is. Like the numbers are the numbers. They in of them themselves are not that scary. You just need to look at them and see what's going on. And then you can start addressing anything, right? And it's just like this awareness is all it it brings, right? It's some awareness around, oh, hey, I, you know, I spent quite a bit at Chipotle last month, like <laughs> um, type thing. And so it's just a, a place to start. Like we don't need to be scared of actually looking at it. We do have the information to be able to process this. Like most, as long as you know, basic, basic math, like, you really do have all the info you need to be able to figure this out. Um, and there's so many tools that are out there to help you now. So that's where, you know, I like to also talk about a little bit about the personal finances, because if you're just like, I'm just scared to look at all of it in general, like start with just downloading Empower, link your, um, your bank accounts and everything to it. So you can just start looking at it. It'll help categorize things for you so that you can see like each tab um, of what's your cash flow, what's your budget, what's your, you know, income, what's your expenses, what's your balance sheet, or in the personal finance case, your net worth. So, you know, I just want to encourage people to just like start somewhere, even if all it is is I'm gonna start looking at my bank account and I'm gonna download an app to literally start looking at this. Um, you you truly can figure it out. It it at the end of the day you know, it's income minus expenses <laughs> is your income statement or your profit and loss it's assets minus liabilities. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. And I know we have so much in our culture, especially for women too, around like, oh, you know, guys manage the finance or putting that kind of financial responsibility or control in someone else's hands. But um, it's just really important for you to to have a handle on what's going on. And I promise you, it's not, it's not as scary as you think once you get started. (laughs) (laughs) We hope not anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll, they are what they are, right? Like you'll see the numbers and you'll be like, oh, okay. But then the more you look at it, the more you'll get used to it. And then you'll actually be like, okay, let me start, you know, deciding what I want to do next for next month. And then like you eventually hit this point where when you've looked at your finances enough and you've started to manage it and like change um, some of the behaviors, it gets really exciting. And then you're like, okay, you know, how am I doing this month? Like, what does it, what does it look like? So um, I know that it can be scary at first, but there is like this, this kind of 
turning point where it will wind up getting a lot better. And you know what? There are some cases where I've sat down with people and just looked at their personal finances with them and been like, hey, like you actually have more net worth than you think you do. Like, (laughs) you know, you could actually be surprised. (laughs) Well, I would I would like to be pleasantly surprised when I go to look at my bank account. (laughs) I think we all would. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing is, it's not permanent. That's the other thing, right? Like you can change your finances. You can make different decisions going forward. And so, but the only way you can do that is if you know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what's going on is key and just keeping track. And if you're looking often enough, there really can never be too big of a surprise if you're just paying attention. Right. Right. Exactly. It's just that awareness, bringing some awareness to it. And then like once, once you get more familiar with it and more aware, like that fear starts to dissipate. 100%. All right, Jessica, we're coming towards the end of the show, and we've got three questions that we ask everybody who comes on the show. The first one is, what advice would you give 20-year-old Jessica? Ooh, um, yeah, so I definitely would recommend for my 20-year-old self to start using accounting software earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's probably no surprise, but then the other one would really be like, don't get sucked into the analysis paralysis. Um, you know, it's more important to take action and learn along the way than to, you know, just get stuck in that analysis mode because it is very important, don't get me wrong, to do some analysis, to understand the industry you're you're getting into and to have a good idea of, um, you know, how the, the real estate works. But there's nothing like truly experiencing it to learn. And so like just taking action and getting involved in some way and getting that first property, like that's where you learn the most. Like you can, there, there, you can study as much as you want, but um, that's one that I, I definitely would have um, said, you know, just, just jump in. Yeah, totally agree with that. You can buy every course in the world and still not learn as much as just buying the property and going through the process. So totally agree with that. Yeah. And along those same lines, second question, what advice would you give a new investor who's looking to get started today? Ooh, yeah. So what I would recommend is actually give yourself a financial risk buffer. Um, and so what I mean by that is like, we're talking about real estate investing. The word here at the end is investing, right? So we are investing money. We similar to how you invest in the stock market. So when it comes to, um, this real estate investing world, having like another job, having some sort of financial buffer, if you have money saved up, like give yourself that buffer as you get started, because you're learning a new skill. And so it'll just make it a lot easier as you kind of go through this process, if you've got that buffer to kind of fall back on. Because when we're learning something new, you know, we make mistakes, we learn from it. And so um, I really would recommend, like, I see a lot of people that are just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit my job and dive in all the way. Like, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay, well, And now that you've quit your job, you don't have the income stream to be able to get loans to invest. I've had, I've seen a few over the years that were like, I quit my job to be a full-time real estate investor, but they don't have any properties. And now they don't have any way to buy properties. So they have to go back and get another job. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm like, like keep that buffer with, you know, to kind of manage the financial risk by having a job and starting while you learn, it'll just help you along the way. It'll make it so much easier. Um, and then, yeah, you can, you know, you need money to invest. And so you'll be able to scale a lot quicker. You'll be able to buy new properties a lot quicker. Um, and you'll just be able to, uh, make decisions with, with more confidence because you do have kind of that safety. Great advice. And last question, what's your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Oh my gosh, I have so many books. Um, let's see. A recent one, a current one would be I love traction. I think for um getting kind of a handle on your business, traction is a great one to really think about your um real estate as a business and how to manage that, especially the more properties you get. Um, it really helps you to kind of organize like everything with process with employees and, and kind of look at it in a different way. So I I do really like traction in terms of mindset. Um, there's some really good ones, especially for women (laughs) on financial mindset. If you've heard of, we should all be millionaires. I, I think every woman should read this book, um, Mm -hmm. because it does address a lot of that financial mindset, um, part where, you know, embracing, like, hey, understanding this, this is going to help me. It's going to, when I, it helps me and my family, then I can help more other people. And so I love, we should all be millionaires. Um, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch is another good financial mindset one. Um, Or you're a badass at making money. Let's see, but I, you know, not so much mindset, but just a good one for everyone to read is the book on tax strategies for savvy real estate investors. That's one that I think is important. Um, you know, and then of course, got to just throw out like, you know, on the, the real estate side, your book, short-term rental, long-term wealth. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's so many good ones on the financial side, profit first to really get you thinking about your business from a profit standpoint, not from a gross income standpoint, um, is a good one too. So a lot, there's, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there's a lot of good books out there. Um, all great ones. So thank you for that. And last but not least, so if our clients want to learn more, or our, sorry, if our listeners want to learn more about your course, hiring you for your bookkeeping services, follow you on social media, all that, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me at jesslawrence.com. So it's just J-E-S-S-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, jesslawrence.com. And, um, you know, social media, I'm on LinkedIn as Jess Lawrence 424. I'm on Instagram as Jess Lawrence 424. So you can definitely um, follow me on those. I've got the courses, the bookkeeping and everything um, on the website. So you can definitely check that out. And yeah, you know, follow me on Instagram. I love to connect with people and, and just, you know, and see what we can do. All right. Well, guys, so definitely check Jessica out on social media. And Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. And hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Avery.